Welcome to Live in the Life, a podcast that inspires and educates everyday people to take action and choose to live the life of their dreams. Hey guys, I'm Kathleen Holt. And I am Marissa Hammond. We're just a normal couple that believes a life worth living is one rooted in health, fun, love, and abundance. I'm Marissa, a life coach who's been in the health and wellness industry for over eight years. I'm fascinated by the human being, our bodies, minds, and emotions, and how it all works. My passion is just being me and helping others fully love and embody their true selves. I'm Kathleen, a personal trainer that has coached thousands of clients towards a body and healthy lifestyle that they are really proud of. I love lifting heavy weights, enjoying a good outdoor hike, or just playing around and goofing off. We've made it our mission to cut through the noise to give you proven tips and tricks that actually work. Each week, we will share with you our real experiences and the shifts that we've made to create the life that we have today. So whether you're just starting out on this journey or you've been up-leveling yourself for a while, we promise you'll find practical tools and knowledge to help you make the changes you've always wanted. Together, let's all let go of the old versions of ourselves and finally get to a place where we can honestly say, I'm living the life. to another Live in the Life episode. You get the two of us today. So this is Marissa. And this is Kathleen Holt. And we wanted to talk to you guys today about losing fat and keeping it off because this is something that a lot of people, they struggle with. They go through losing weight, but then somehow it keeps coming back. And they're like, how do I actually do this once and for all so we don't have to keep going through this again and again? And it was interesting this past weekend Kathleen and I we were down in the states at my cousin's wedding and we're now back in Ottawa and it's just really interesting to see the the different lifestyles we live there versus back here and shifting back into where we're at now yeah like during the wedding we were on vacation and I like to live my life where I'm still moving my body, but in a fun way, like playing spike ball or being at the beach or swimming around. We were staying at Marissa's cousin's place and she essentially lives in cottage country. It's beautiful. She's right on a lake. So we had all of that. But at the same time of, you know, having fun outside and moving our body, there was a ton of desserts. We were staying up late, lots of food. There was quite a bit of alcohol involved. So it really wasn't in line with how we normally conduct ourselves when it comes to a healthy lifestyle. So when we came back, it was kind of this light bulb moment of, oh, wow, I want to make sure that this doesn't become my normal. Like I could feel myself wanting a drink last night and bartering with myself and be like, oh, you know, I'll just have one drink. Like it's going to be super good or looking in the evening and be like, oh, where is dessert? When we don't normally have dessert on a regular basis, but I just got into the mode of having more sugar and ha- having more alcohol this weekend. It's funny. I've also noticed in the past couple of days how plain food tastes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, normally these are foods that I really would enjoy, but it, like, like you were saying how you were craving either a drink or like dessert, where it's at. Like I could feel my myself going like, where's, where's the yummy things? And I'm like, this this food is yummy. Like what's, what's wrong with it? And it's just that I think that I'm used to so many extra sugars and flavors and all these things that it's like, oh, that's right. Like this, like food right now tastes boring. (laughs) That's okay. But it's just, it's one of those things like looking back, like if we lived like that all the time, we would both 
gain weight, we would gain fat. And that would just be like, if that was our lifestyle, then that's what would go along with it. So, and shout out to Pat and Mildred who had their wedding. Their wedding dinner was the best wedding dinner I have ever had. They had filet mignon, they had salmon, it was all organic catering. Like they knocked it out of the park when it came to dinner. But like Marissa said, we were so used to this super yummy food that now coming back home we're like oh but yeah so like there is and and sorry when I say like there was obviously that was so good so amazing but I think it's more just all the sugars that just kind of kills the taste of other things because sugar is just so like oh that that lights up my taste buds right so Well, um, well that's why you get kids who grow up on all these pops and and even diet sodas and everything and then uh, candy and all of that. And then you try to give them a piece of fruit and they're like, Oh, raspberry. Like it's so bland and it's not, it's not yummy versus if you haven't had if like, if you go on a 24 hour fast and then you have a raspberry after that is the sweetest, most yummy thing ever. So your body just starts to adapt to whatever you're having. If you're having stuff that are super sweet, everything else tastes kind of bland. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's interesting for us coming back from this and that reminder just for ourselves that like, oh, oh, that's right. We've chosen to live a certain lifestyle, which allows us to live on like body fat percentage wise with lower body fat percentage and live on a leaner side. Some of it for sure is also just the way our bodies are built, but a lot of it, like, and for most people, like you can create a healthy lean body fat percentage and maintain it with a specific lifestyle as long as you're being aware of these things. And like, I think number one thing is when we're talking about like fat loss is like, I think would be to like narrow down two things. And I'll let Kathleen talk on this, but like one is what is fat loss specifically? Like where does this come from? And then also two is what's the difference between fat loss and weight loss? And why are we talking about fat loss versus weight loss? Yeah. And before we jump into that, I mean, coming back from vacation, I myself have been very conscious of making sure that now that I'm not on vacation, if I don't want this to bleed into my life, I need to put certain parameters in place. So I sat down and figured, okay, so what do I need to implement? What do I need to track? What do I need to change? What? How do I need to show up so that I am really living my best life and so that I am making conscious choices because because whatever choices I make on a consistent basis over the next few weeks will take me to where I'm going to be in a month or so. So I want to be able to look back and say, oh, okay, I'm proud of how I feel and how I look and how I've shown up rather than looking back and being like, oh, shit. I've been really slipping in these different areas. So, you know, I started tracking my macros again, which I haven't done in a long time. I usually intuitively eat, but, you know, I want to make sure that I'm hitting my protein targets. I'm hitting certain calorie targets and being conscious of what I'm putting in my body, making sure I'm drinking enough water, making sure that I'm hitting the gym consistently because I got out of that habit being on vacation. So just really being conscious coming back, making sure that it is in line with the lifestyle and the life that is in line with living life. Um, And when it comes to fat loss specifically, so we're going to talk about losing fat. 
essentially when you're losing weight, you are looking at your body burning more calories than you're taking in. So if you're someone who is very sedentary, then you probably shouldn't be eating a whole ton of food because then you're going to be taking in more food than your body needs and your body's going to start packing on fat. But you might notice, you know, in, in the summer months, I know for myself that when I start to spend more time outside and I end up walking a lot more, that I need to eat more because I'm burning more calories throughout the day. So I want, I, I need to help um, support my body and eat more food. So difference between fat loss and weight loss, because um, that's something I mentioned before, was and the reason why we're talking about this is because people can lose weight, but that does not necessarily mean they're losing fat, right? So sometimes people will burn off, yes, some fat, but they're also losing muscle as well. So if we look at what's in your body, your body is comprised of, you've got like your, your muscle tissue, you've got your fat, you've got like your organs and everything inside, and then you've got bones. Um, and then there's like a lot of water, right? It's, I think it's what's around 75% of your body's water, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there's so much water. So that's the thing too, is like also being aware that sometimes when people are like, oh, look at how fast I've dropped weight. Remember that if you're hopping on or off the scale, every couple of days and like maybe you're just dehydrated sometimes people are like well look how fast I lost weight and it's like maybe you're just dehydrated or on the flip side maybe look how fast you're gaining weight um if you've had a couple of days like we've had where we just enjoyed sugar and we went on vacation it's like well that sugar makes your body hang on to more water so of course our body weight's going to jump up quickly but if I put on three pounds it doesn't necessarily mean I've put on three pounds of fat it could be a pound of fat and then two pounds of water just because of how my body's now hanging on to water. But I think that's something else too to remember is that just because the weight on the scale is changing does not necessarily mean that you're losing or gaining fat. So just remembering that as well. And that there's, there's tons of different ways that you can look at this and you can measure this, but a few easy ways that I would say do at home is when you can do a, a waist measurement circumference, you can get like, or like seeing your clothes, how your clothes fit and how they feel. That's a really good way to tell if you're losing fat versus just um, versus just weight. Cause you'll see your stomach specifically usually tends to change. And then the other thing that's super helpful for this was in my head. And now I completely just blanked on it. <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say. There's one other thing. Um, da, da, da. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. So <laughs> like, like Marissa said, using different data metrics to make sure that you're losing fat instead of just weight. I think that that is so important. So instead of looking at the weight on the scale, make sure that you're trying to look at body fat percentage. So like she said, waist circumference is great. Calipers is another way. Um, doing a bod pod would be a fantastic way to do it. Um, yeah, those are probably the, the most common ones. I know that there's some scales that will also give you body fat percentage. Now, the different ways that you're doing this, there might be some error in them, but just look at the trends. So if you're trending down in body fat percentage, or like Marissa said, your pants are feeling a little bit looser around the waist, you're in a really, really good spot and just continue on and do that. Sometimes when people try to lose weight at a rapid pace, let's say they're, I don't know, their maintenance is 2000 calories and they drop themselves all the way down to 1200 calories, which is a big calorie deficit, and their body starts to pare down not only body fat, but also muscle, 
And muscle is the thing that keeps your metabolism high and the thing that burns calories for you at rest. So sometimes, even though the weight on the scale goes down, their loss of muscle is so rapid that they actually become a fatter version of themselves because their ratio of fat to weight is actually more after they lose weight. So that's a really unfortunate truth that a lot of people fall into. They'll get excited about the weight loss that they see on the scale. But the truth is now their metabolism is quite slow and they have a higher body fat percentage and they're actually a fatter version of where they were. And that's just a really bad spot to be in. So you really need to make sure that you're trying to focus on fat loss that's slow and trying to preserve your muscle on your body while you're doing that fat loss journey. Nice. And I just, sorry, I just remembered the other one. So like I said, one was the waist circumference. You can really see if you see a change in that, that's generally shows that you're losing fat. The other one is you're also going to see that you can maintain or even getting stronger physically because that shows that you're not losing your muscle, mm-hmm. right? So if you're still really strong, if you notice in your training, like, oh, I'm losing weight, but I also now really can't lift anything. And it's like, I feel gross and I can't focus like, and you're not feeling great that's also a sign that you're probably maybe not burning fat and there's maybe some other stuff going on. So just paying attention to those. So then when it comes to losing fat, like Kathleen said, like it's the slow, consistent way is the way to go, but it really comes down to, to burn off the fat, you have to create a caloric deficit. And if it's in the summertime and if you're moving more, and let's say that you're burning now 2,500 calories a day versus just the 20, then you maybe can eat a little bit more, but if you're eating so much to the point where you're eating the same amount of what you're moving, then you're still not creating a caloric deficit. So basically we have to figure out how do we get less calories into you than what you're currently burning while also not going so low, like Kathleen said. So that way you're now, your your body, your metabolism will slow down. Your body's going to also shut down in some ways. So Oh, sorry, you're about to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, so I mentioned that I've been tracking calories recently since I've been back. That's a really good way to see if you're in a calorie deficit. So something super easy you can do is if you just download My Fitness Pal onto your phone, it's a free app, it's really, really easy, and then you start to track for a week, and don't change anything, and then assuming that your weight stays pretty much the same, over that week, then you know that that's pretty much your maintenance. Then drop yourself down by two to 300 calories and then see how your body responds over the next few weeks. If you're dropping on average about a pound a week, give or take, then you're in a really, really good spot and stick with that. If you're noticing that you're not really seeing a change at all, then in a few weeks, try to drop it by another 100 calories and And that'll tell you whether you're in a calorie deficit or not. And that's a really good way to track. So to give you an idea, the one pound of fat is 3,500 calories. That's how much energy is in a pound of fat. So if you are below how much you're moving and what you're doing that day with the amount that you're expending, if you're 500 calories below that every day, that would be losing a pound of fat a week. Just to give give you an idea, right? It would be losing that pound. So like Kathleen said, like that's a really, really good place to aim for. And that's something that if you learn where your body's at, if you keep moving, it's not about eating lower 
than what you're moving in the sense of stop moving and then just eat even less. It's like, no, no, like you got to also add some of the more movement in because that'll make a difference for you too. And that way you're not going to be losing your muscle mass, which is what makes huge difference in the long run, being able to actually sustain this, which is going to be the second part, right? How do you actually keep this off? But that's going to be it. It's like saying, okay, cool. Like how many calories are you actually burning right now with your life? And how can you make sure that you're eating a little bit lower than that? And yes, technically someone could do this off of living off ice cream if they're in a calorie deficit, but that's really not sustainable because if you look at them in the long run, that person's not going to have great sleep. They're not going to feel great. And inevitably they're going to run back to this place where their body just is like, I need more food. I feel horrible. I need more nutrients. And that's when the people tend to go and eat all the other stuff, right? So realizing that this is the second part of it too, is like, how do you keep it off? Is like, how can you create this sustainable thing, right? This is not just a drastic diet where you cut everything out, where you lose a bunch of fat and then you go right back to your old habits. Because if you don't sustain this new way of eating, of moving, of living, of sleeping, this new life that you design, you're going to put the fat back on because that's what happened in the first place. You had a certain lifestyle, which led to your body having excess fat and now you're gonna be at a place where if you bring it off and then you go back to those old habits the same thing's gonna happen again yeah i mean everyone has seen people online that have done this 30-day challenge and they've lost 30 pounds in 30 days and they're so excited about it but the reality is you check in with that person in a few months and they've probably put it back on and more because what they were doing was so excessive. Like they cut their calories like crazy. They were probably doing cardio like crazy and it's just not a sustainable lifestyle that you can, that you can continue on. It's too stressful on you. It doesn't fit into your schedule and people want to eat more than a bowl of salad every day. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I like food, and so I would like to find something that fits in line with that and that I can eat food and enjoy it and still be able to feel lean and healthy and strong. And so let's say you're on this journey and maybe you've already lost that body fat or maybe you're currently looking to do that find something that is sustainable that you could see yourself doing for the next 10 years. If that is something that you can see yourself doing, then amazing. Continue to do it and you'll probably keep that fat off for a long time. So we've talked a lot about nutrition. This is, and that's like we said, caloric deficit. This is where it's going to come from. It doesn't matter if you're eating keto or vegan, if you use intermittent fasting, it doesn't really matter all that other stuff. It, at the end of the day, you're going to have to go back to, are you creating a caloric deficit? Yes or no. And the role of sleep and exercise in this, like exercise for sure can help in the sense of you can burn some more calories, right? So if you know, like, okay, like we were like, we're going to be down there on vacation mode. Yes, we're going to be eating more, but saying, okay, also maybe where could we move some more? And honestly, we definitely did not plan well enough and we didn't really get our workouts in. Like, we went on some long walks. We played some spike ball. But looking back, like, and afterwards, I was telling Kathleen, like, oh, yeah, next time I'd like to consciously plan in some hill sprints or like a bodyweight workout because didn't plan that in. And it does. It makes a difference, right? And also just in feeling good, your body feels good when you move. So also when you feel good, you then tend to not eat as much, right? Like everything works together. And that's, I think, the huge part of where exercise and sleep come in is it's not 
about creating the cal- uh, the calorie deficit as much at that point as much as just helping you feel good so that way you're not turning to food and unconsciously eating or emotionally eating or looking to it for for pleasure for filling other things because you already feel good and like exercise and sleep like we've talked about already will help with for sure the the muscle mass right will come from exercise which helps with your metabolism but then it also is going to help with balancing your hormones and your cravings and with sleep same thing it's going to give you energy it's going to help you feel good it's going to give you clarity of mind because those things are all so important in helping make sure you feel good so that when you can make the healthy food choices for you so you can choose to eat the right foods at the right times at the right amounts so that way you can create and sustain fat loss yeah, I mean, movement is and sleep are so key in this. I think that a lot of people that focus on the calories in, calories out, and that's it approach are missing such a big piece of the pie. I mean, yeah, they're right, for sure. If you're eating too much food, you can be having all the sleep in the world and working out all you want, but if you're crushing a big, I don't know, Dairy Queen ice cream cake every night, you're probably not going to be seeing very much fat loss. So making sure that you're doing your your workouts and your sleep is such a, they're, they're also such a big piece of the pie. And like Marissa said, that hormone balance, those cravings. I know that I feel my best self when I'm working out. And you want to make sure that you're sending, even when you're in a calorie deficit, We already talked about preserving your muscle mass and the best way to do that when you're in a calorie deficit is to make sure that you're strength training. So if you are weightlifting on a consistent basis throughout the week and you're doing full body routines and you're focusing on those compound lifts and you're lifting heavy weights, it's going to be sending a signal to your body, even though you're losing weight, it's going to be sending that signal to try to hold on to as much muscle as you can because it sees, oh, okay, we're using this muscle throughout the week and we need to try to keep it on because we're working out. It's really funny too. It's um, like just seeing how much of a difference it makes in being able to say no thank you to foods that you don't actually want to eat, but they're just kind of like sitting there staring at you. Like when you're moving, when you're sleeping and you, I walk in the house and there's, I don't know, some some banana bread, let's say on the counter, like I, I, I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I feel good. Like I'm not looking for this and just how much feeling crappy from not resistance training or from not sleeping well, like that little bit of feeling like, Hmm, it can often be enough just to be like, Oh, I'll just have a little bit of that, which can, I mean, have a piece of banana bread with butter on it. And if you look at it, depends on where it is. Like that might be your 300 to 400 calories right there. That might be the difference of whether or not you're hitting your fat loss or not. Right. So like, I think looking at that is so interesting. And it was funny. I had a conversation with one of my clients the other day and she was asking me about training. um, And she was saying like, should I do these resistance training, like these homework programs you've had, you have for me, or should I be doing Pilates. She's like, cause I started doing, she's like, I wasn't sure if I should do that workout or if I should do Pilates. She's like, I decided to Pilates. She's like, but in the future, like, what should I do? And it's like, Kathleen was saying, like, always go back to the strength training, go back to those compound lifts. Cause th- those are the things you're going to need. And then if you like Pilates or all the other different things, yoga, Zumba, <laughs> tennis, all these other things, like they're great for adding in movement, but it, it doesn't really matter who you are. 
because of the society and the culture we live in and just how our lifestyles are now, like we need that resistance training. We need that strength training. And especially in those big compound lifts, that's the best bang for your buck for maintaining muscle and keeping your metabolism high. Yeah. I I think that we mentioned already on this podcast that we're living with my mom right now and she's been coming to the gym with us over these last few weeks. And she is an avid yoga doer. Like she does yoga consistently. She's been doing it consistently for years, but she hasn't been doing strength training. She hasn't been lifting weights. She hasn't been doing any compound movements. It's all been body weight stuff. And so she's been coming with us to the gym now for the last few weeks, four weeks probably consistently, two times a week. And it hasn't been like, crazy super intense she she's not unable to go up and down the store up and down the stairs I mean she's been a little sore here and there but we're really meeting her body where it's at and giving her appropriate doses and she was just telling me today she's like holy crap Kathleen when I was doing my yoga I felt so much stronger in the positions and I feel my postures better I feel like I'm standing up taller I feel more alive I feel more um like strong and stable and that's so good to hear because as she starts to have that positive feedback it's going to make her want to show up more and more and like Marissa said I mean yes you want to choose the things that you enjoy doing if you enjoy Pilates heck yeah do it for sure it's so good and Pilates has some really awesome benefits to it too it's really good for your core it's really good for um um really good for body awareness and body control but also lifting heavier weights and having that um, strength stimulus on your body is going to be really really beneficial and really really important so making sure that you're doing both of those if you like Pilates yeah, it's it's both. And like there is a there's a couple points that we wanted to bring up as like these are the things you're going to want to make sure like you apply if you're really looking at losing fat and keeping it off. And one of the other things on there was finding something that's fun movement based, right? Like or a hobby that's movement based. Like finding something else that involves being not sedentary which you enjoy. And maybe Pilates is that. Maybe you do really enjoy Pilates, but just because you enjoy Pilates doesn't mean it gets to replace these other essential things. If this is something that you want to work on, if you really are serious about losing fat and keeping it off, then it's like, well, it's the same as if you're, like, you're really serious about having healthy teeth while well, you brush your teeth every day. And then if you also want to use, I don't know, these special mouthwash treatments and fancy colored tooth floss or whatever else, these other random things are you want to do, sure, add those in. But if you did just these other extra things without the base of brushing your teeth, you'd still run into problems and it wouldn't be optimal. So like finding also that fun thing, like maybe you do like Pilates, maybe you do like Zumba, maybe you do like fun outdoor random hike workouts, rolling down hills. I don't know, but like finding things that involve movement that are fun is another huge, huge, huge thing for maintaining your fat loss. And I just want to reiterate what Marissa said, because this is so key. If you have a specific goal and, you know, we're talking about losing fat and keeping it off right now. So if your goal is that, then there are ways that are better and more efficient at getting there. Maybe you would eventually get to your goal if all you did was Pilates but it's not the most effective way. I mean, if I was building a new house 
and I wanted to dig down and uh, get my foundation ready. I could do it with a shovel. It would take me a hell of a long time, but I could get there or I could rent a backhoe and dig it out in an afternoon. So, I mean, there are multiple ways to get there, but if you have a specific goal, then realizing that there are better and more efficient ways to get there and just being realistic with that. Love it. All right. So we've kind of got five points for you guys that we want you to take away from this. If you're looking to lose fat and this can go for anyone. Like if you're someone who's 50, 100, 200 pounds overweight looking to lose fat, or if you're someone who's actually already had a healthy body fat percentage and you're like, Hey, I actually want to get a little bit leaner. Uh, it's, it feels good. It feels like it still is a healthy thing for me. It's not because I don't feel great about my body or anything. It's just a personal goal I have. Like then yeah, like these, these tips are going to be the same as you go through them. And yes, of course, there's a certain level that when you get down and you're looking to live that on that leaner, leaner side, yeah, it's going to take more work and you're going to have to probably do a little bit more about like than some of the things we're going to talk about, but it's, it still is at the end of the day going to be all the same principles. So first one on the list, what we were just talking about is resistance training. It's strength training. It's going back minimum of two, ideally three days a week of resistance training. Where you're going back to those compound lifts. You're going back to quality movements, making sure you're moving well, making sure you're activated and contracting well through it. Like that resistance training and doing that for your muscle, for your energy, like it's so, so essential. Yeah. And we already talked about this, but making sure that you're trying to put on as much muscle as you can on your body because that's going to give you a really robust, fast metabolism. And so trying to go after performance and trying to get stronger, that's going to be a really good metric to see if you are putting on muscle or at least preserving the muscle if you're in a calorie deficit. So making sure in those compound lifts that you're seeing that strength go up, that's going to be a really good indication that you're on the right path. Number two, this is going to go back to nutrition and saying, how do we get you to actually be in that caloric deficit? Um, starting your day with water and having a closing the kitchen time. I think those are two things which are just so huge is that when you start your day with water, you're hydrating yourself, turns on your energy systems, and that way you're not starting with food. So that way you're also giving your body what you need, usually, which is hydration. Usually you don't need energy right when you first thing when you wake up, you're usually okay. So having that start the day with water, and then knowing when it's the end of the day and closing the kitchen, that's huge. So that way you know, okay, cool, like I'm not snacking into the evening because in my experience anyways and with a lot of the people I've worked with, most of the snacking doesn't happen in the middle of the day. It happens after dinner when in front of the TV or when tired and just not, not connect anymore. Like a lot of it will happen then. So that's a huge thing. And then also talking about the snacking thing, if, if you stick to meals versus snacks – then if you have your two to three big meals a day and then have one snack here or there as needed based off of your personal needs, yeah, go for it. But if you're sticking to big meals and you're actually nourishing and filling yourself up, you don't need to be eating all the time. And the most important thing when it comes to food, like Marissa said, water is fantastic to try to focus on. And then when we're talking about losing fat and really keeping it off, whole foods are going to be the type of foods that are going to make you feel full for longer. So staying away from processed packaged foods and really prioritizing fruits and vegetables and meats and dairy and nuts and legumes and all of that stuff is 
it should make up 90% of what you're putting into your body. And it's going to be hard to overeat if you're consistently going for that. Um, Another thing that you want to focus on is, I mentioned MyFitnessPal before, but even if you're tracking protein, try to aim for between 0.8 and 1 gram per pound of uh, body weight that you have. So let's say, for example, if your weight right now is 140 pounds, try to aim for 140 grams of protein throughout your day. Love it. And one more thing I want to add. (laughs) Marissa in our Live in the Life free Facebook group on the topic of food, she did a really, really good job. She built a free mindful eating challenge in the group. And I found this was so, so good at just showing when you when you might be rushing through your food or not being very conscious while you're eating. So that's a really, really good way to, when you're talking about food, to try to make this a long, sustainable lifestyle way of eating. And those, I didn't even remember that, but that's right. There's the, the videos are still up there and I would have done that the first, I think the first full week of eight of August. So if you go into the Facebook group, you can scroll back to the beginning of August and you can find all those videos from when we did that mindful eating challenge. You can use that resource and you can go through that challenge yourself if you'd like to. So that's number two is foods. Number three is sleep. You got to sleep because if you don't sleep, you feel like shit. I'll let Kathleen elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) I love getting a lot of sleep. Oh, man. You know When I was in university, I was on the rowing team and we would have to be on the water at 5 or 5.30, I can't remember, but before the sun came up. And, you know, being a typical university student, I wasn't eating very good food. I was staying up late. I was partying. I was drinking. And having those early mornings and not getting good quality sleep and not being able to replenish and recover my body... I felt like friggin' garbage. And even though I was consistently training for rowing, my body also didn't look that great. I looked kind of thin and, you know, I, I had some muscle for sure, but not nearly as good as I look right now. So sleep will be able to balance your hormones. It'll be able to, I think Marissa already touched on this, but stave off the cravings that you'll have for especially highly processed or very carb rich foods and it'll help you keep off body fat percentage your your body is way more likely to build muscle and way more likely to um, shed body fat if you're getting adequate sleep i mean (laughs) if you if you're not getting enough sleep it's a stress response to your body and the way our bodies have adapted over the years when we're in a stressful situation is to put on more body fat because in the past it's told us that oh there won't be enough food or there might be a famine or whatever else and so it puts on more body fat so we need to send those signals to our body that hey I'm okay I'm healthy there's no need to keep putting on more access body fat number four this is when we talked about before is having some fun movement thing have like a hobby which involves getting up and moving because that's going to just if you're if you're moving that extra little bit every day let's even say it's 100 calories that you're burning just from a walk or from movement or from something that you're doing like 
whatever this thing is, even if you're burning, like even if it's less than that, even if you're only burning 500 calories a week, that's an extra 2000 calories every month. By the end of the year, that might be the difference of you gaining or the, that extra two to five pounds or not, right? Like, so like finding something fun, movement-based or hobby or something that brings you pleasure that isn't related to food. So that way, when you're looking for something fun or when you're looking for something to help you feel good, you also have something which helps you feel good in the moment, but also long-term versus just feels good now, which is often when people are eating for food just for pleasure, like that's what they're looking for. They just think about the short-term versus the long-term. And I totally, I noticed that and I was journaling about it when I was down at the wedding. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, These desserts feel good now, but then the next day I wake up and I don't feel good. And I was like, oh, there's a difference between finding things that help you feel good in the moment versus long-term. So then I started noticing that. And then like the day after that was like, oh, like I could stay at home and just hang out and have a couple drinks on the front lawn, or I could go to the beach and play spike ball, right? So finding other movement-based things, which also bring pleasure and also are fun for you, that's also going to make it so much easier for you not to spend your attention, your energy in the kitchen. Yeah, Marissa and I were in Squamish, BC for the for six months during the winter. And when we got there, we were so surprised. We we're like, whoa, there's no obese people here. It's so weird. And Squamish is this mountain town where it's one of the best mountain biking spots in the world. It's one of the best rock climbing spots in the world. So it really attracts pretty uh, like pretty intense outdoor sports people. And I mean, they don't have any more information than people in other cities. And they don't have like some sort of fat loss secret that no one else has. And that's why they have no obese people. It's because those people are there who are doing activities and having fun. And it affords them to still, you know, they they still drank beer. They still went out for pizza. You know, I would say they probably drank more beer than other places, but because they found activities that get them outside and get them moving, they're not overweight. And they're not doing it to lose fat. They're not doing it to burn calories. They're just getting out there for hours on their bike, ripping around because they found a love for it. It's funny. I think it actually, one of our friends out there was telling us it's something ridiculous. Like it's one of like the top three cities or something in Canada that drinks the most. And it's like the small town, right? Like the average amount of drinks per adult there is like, well, versus for, for a kid, like the average amount of <laughs> drinks per person there is just like insane just because that's like everyone plays a lot and works a lot and drinks a lot. <laughs> but, it's, but it is like it's it was so interesting just to see how many people there were lean, were strong, were healthy just because of that lifestyle. So number five, last one that we want to touch on was getting a therapist or someone who can help you through this, especially if you're someone who's looking at losing a lot of fat because there's, I, I don't know too many people who just overeat from a place of this is my chosen lifestyle and I'm consciously choosing to eat this way, even though I know it's going to make me gain more fat and be overweight and be unhealthy. Like, I don't know too many people who consciously choose that, especially if there's a lot of excess fat. A lot of times it comes from the the body unconsciously and the the behaviors unconsciously being from this place of protection. So 
realizing also that if you do have a lot of fat to lose, or if you're about to go on a big weight loss journey, knowing like, okay, cool, like, what is actually going on behind all these behaviors? What is this overeating or this overconsuming of calories in the past? Like, what is this feeding? Is it just bad habits, which it might be? Or is there some other pains and things underneath there that have brought up these habits that I'm now looking for food for either comfort or avoidance? Like, having somebody to help you through this is going to be huge because, I mean, I've I've dealt with it where it's like, oh yeah, there's uncomfortable feelings underneath there. And I didn't know how to deal with them. And so because of that, I would turn to food. Like it's really hard and lonely if you're trying to figure out how to go through this, how to help take care of yourself and love yourself while you also feel like you're fighting yourself because you almost feel like you need to be overeating in order to feel safe. So like having that therapist or someone who's specialized in this, who can help you through this and unpack what else is going on underneath on the on the unconscious level and on the mental side and the emotional side is going to be huge yeah and I mean I think that there's different levels of coping like I would rather you cope with food rather than meth that's (laughs) that's probably a good decision and then on the flip side you know if if you're overeating and you're you, you found yourself to be overweight or obese and then you've decided to flip it and now you're using exercise and movement as a coping mechanism you're probably healthier and i would say that that's probably a better coping mechanism than the overeating and the obesity but it's still using something else to um to to bury the emotions that are coming up. And so even though maybe it's a healthier choice than what you were choosing before, exercise can still be unhealthy. And so like Marissa said, getting someone to help you through that, if it, if it's something that is um, that you need a medical professional for, that's something quite serious that you need to work through, on an emotional or psychological level, then getting a certified therapist is is very helpful, very important. Um, but sometimes it can be even someone like um, a lifestyle coach or something like that to to really help you figure out what's going on underneath and and sort that out and have someone in your corner rooting you on and and calling you out and calling you to greatness and calling you to live the life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've had over the past month, I've had probably three or four people reach out to me um, with specific traumas and pains and things that they're working through. And I'm like, this this is not something I do. Like, this is not something I can help you with. But I do know a person who can. So like, that's something else that I'm phenomenal at is connecting people to the people they need to be connected to. So if you're like, oh, yeah, like, I've thought of working with Marissa as a life coach, but I don't, I don't think she's quite what I need because I've got some more intense stuff going on. Like reach out to me because I'm happy to put you in touch with people who've helped me or people who I know have helped other clients of mine. Like I know, I know I definitely don't do it all. Like I help people build the habits. If you're like, okay, like I know I need to work on building these habits. I know I need to work on checking a little bit more and being a little bit in tune, more in tune with my emotions. I can definitely help with that. But if it comes to like real traumas and there's a bunch of other steep stuff underneath, that's that's usually not what I dive into because like that's that's not something I'm equipped to deal with. <laughs> so, but that's something that I can send you off to other people. So like, please, if you're like, hey, I don't know where to start, reach out and I'm very happy to connect you to someone who who could help you there. So just to recap, 
those action steps, things you can do if you're looking to lose fat to keep it off. Resistance training consistently two to three times a week, getting your nutrition in order, making sure that you're maintaining that calorie deficit while also sticking to those whole foods and those nutrients so you still feel good. Getting your sleep on track, making sure you're sleeping enough for you and making sure you, if you can't optimize it. Finding movement, which is fun. Finding a hobby, things that bring you pleasure that aren't food related. And then final one is if you're going on a big fat loss journey, if there's other stuff going on, like find that therapist or find that counselor, someone who can help you through these intense things. If this is something that you know is going to be a big hard thing for you and there should be some uncomfortable stuff to come up because that's what you're going to need to do to be able to make sure that you can start this, but also that that way you can continue to go through because we see it all the time. People will get through one to three months and then they go back to the old way. And like we were talking about at the beginning, like the whole point of this is so that way you can also keep it off. There's no point to lose it if it's just all going to come back, right? Like this is about how can you create this life and sustain it because that's really where it's fun. It's not fun if it's just this temporary thing, right? It's It feels fun and feels good when it's like, oh, that's right. Like this is you actually being able to feel like you starting now, moving forward into the future. So yeah. Amazing. All right, guys. I hope this was helpful. And remember to keep living the life. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you got tons of value from this episode. If you did, we would love it if you tagged us on Instagram with your biggest takeaway so we can celebrate this journey with you. Our handles are at marissa.hammond and at kathleen.holt underscore. We totally get that it's not always easy. So please know that we're so proud of all the work you're doing and how you're choosing to show up for yourself. If you'd like to dive deeper, check out our websites listed below in the show notes for more free resources and tools. Until next time, keep living the life.